right, we are going again on another edition of the Bibliotheques podcast. Cody, welcome in. Thanks, man. I'm so happy to say that we have reached the illustrious level in our podcast of having 500 listens. It's a it's really a milestone for both of us. It feels great. <laughs> it I mean, watch out for all of you people listening right now. And again, just thank you so much for listening because that it just means the world to us. But watch out because it won't be long before we have to start throwing some ads on this thing because we are just blowing up right now. Yeah. This monumental piece of audio entertainment is just <laughs> gripping the world. So uh, we're gonna be soon monetizing this. Look out for our Patreon. Darster69 at <laughs> patreon.com. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. So, w- with that, I just wanted to give everybody a shout out. Thank you so much for listening. Today, we are wrapping up Pride and Prejudice, which is really kind of a bittersweet moment for me because I loved this book and I'm kind of sad that we're done. I thought it had one of the most. Like one of the most entertaining and satisfying endings of any short story novella, like almost like rom-com ever. Like it's really good. Yeah. And I think there are some interesting differences there, especially with the books that we've read. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about that at the end when we get there. Yeah. But uh, today we are in the last bit. So for me, it's volume three, chapters 10 through 19 for Cody's edition. It's chapters 52 to 61, 52 to 61. Great. Okay. So 60 and one thing. Yeah. We mentioned in the first episode of the show, our girl, Jane Austen loves to write a chapter 61 of these bad boys, right? Some of them them (laughs) not even encompassing like two full pages of text. Exactly. Exactly. So you, I mean, I looked at this book and I'm like, Oh, 300 something pages, whatever it was. And just kind of like, Oh, all right. That's, you know, it's not long, but what, whatever. But then looking at it, being like, there's a hell of a lot of chapters in here. So it's almost like a third of the pages that actually make up this book are like the half pages that end at the end of a chapter. Mm-hmm. Anyway, those are the chapters we're doing today. Cody, where did we leave off last time? We left off with the snake Wickham having oh, completed his elopement with Lydia are at the Bennett household at Longbourn. Lydia is luxuriating in her uh, matrimony and bragging to all her sisters when we find out from her that Mr. Darcy was at her wedding. Right. Elizabeth is, you know, understandably super confused and goes to write a letter to her aunt demanding an answer. Mm-hmm. And that's where it ends. Yes. And that gets us into chapter 10, where Elizabeth gets that letter back from Mrs. Gardner. And As we'd said before, if you're reading this book, it was completely obvious what Darcy was doing at that wedding, his whole involvement in the thing. Mrs. Gardner just kind of lays it out for Elizabeth. And it's like, Elizabeth, duh, Darcy was here. He paid all of Wickham's debts. He bought his commission. He cleared all of this shit up because Darster's like, dude, you're fucking doing this. (laughs) Like, here's the deal. I'm bailing you out this one last time but you're fucking marrying this girl and me thinks saving hopes for my wedding. I that's exactly what happens. And that's like the, that's like the short and dirty of it. My, one of my favorite details is that, so yeah, basically like as soon as the gardeners and Elizabeth left for Longbourn from Pemberley, he was gone that next day as well, like on the hunt and use like intelligence that he got from this like, random mutual caretaker innkeeper that they knew that he's like i know wickham's gonna be here i need to find him right yeah And his original goal wasn't to like get them to get married his first conversation was with lydia to be like lydia do you understand what you're doing leave this man right and yeah that's it's great that you brought that up too because we already knew you know going into this chapter that lydia is completely oblivious but darcy does take that step and is like you can't marry this guy. Like Mm -hmm. he's a total snake. He's a little weasel. Don't do it. And Lydia, of course, is still like, he's the love of my life. My Wickham, he's great. And so he's like, all right, plan B. 
use my money to solve this problem. And there are so many cool layers to this that Jane Austen adds. Like she adds in a piece about how she has like a little line that says Darcy kept quiet about how shitty Wickham was. We thought originally forever it was like that's like he doesn't want to get into it because, you know, what if it's true? And he obviously doesn't want to talk about this shitty thing he did. He didn't keep quiet about clearing his debts because he didn't want to make it hard for Wickham to try and find a wife. Right. Because if they would have found out that basically this guy pissed away two educations and 4,000 pounds of his former master's debt or his former master's money, like no one would have wanted anything to do with him. But now that decision is biting him in the ass again because it's dishonoring the woman that he now we know is like trying to marry and stuff. Exactly. And in these conversations that Darcy had, Mrs. Gardner writes essentially that Wickham didn't ever have any intention of marrying Lydia which was contrary to what Lydia thought was going on. Big the, time. The only difference here, and it, it's a big one depending on how you look at it, but the difference here, Wickham not intending to marry Lydia at all. Lydia not worried about when they get married at all, assuming it's going to happen. And it's just like, okay, both of you are fucking ridiculous for either one of these beliefs. I would prefer for Lydia to just like turn her fucking brain on. And the gall on Wickham to be like, you know, I'm going to shoot straight with you, Darcy. Your boy doesn't really have a plan thinking about just dumping this girl bailing to go find something else because I don't have any money. And he's like, yeah, I know you don't have any money because I just keep giving you money. And you know what? I'm going to give you more money to fuck off forever. Exactly. At this point with Elizabeth reading this, and it's important to note also that Mrs. Gardner she keeps like sliding these kind of questions at Elizabeth in this letter where it's like, what the fuck is going on between you and Darcy? Because you two aren't subtle. Like a guy doesn't just come out of nowhere and save the day for no reason, which gets Elizabeth thinking after this letter, she's like, holy shit. Um, why did Darcy do that? Like, was it for me? And as readers, we're like, yes, of course it was for you. <laughs> like, God damn it. So, so <laughs> infuriating. For me? Yeah, exactly. I also want to point out that it wasn't just Wickham's debts that were cleared. It was an extra thousand pounds in debts that Lydia had somehow also acquired. Just bananas that they're both just racking up debts all over town thinking life's going to be freaking sweet. Yes. Okay. So I was going to come in like, break Lydia's kneecaps dude I swear to God <laughs> I know, I know. some cockney dude just like boy right <laughs> shortly shortly after Elizabeth is reading this letter Wickham comes in to the room and we get another just legendary back and forth between Wickham and Elizabeth and they talk about Pemberley and Elizabeth having been there like okay after Darcy after Darcy tells Elizabeth about Wickham in his letter we just get a few of these conversations between Elizabeth and him where He's just like trying to figure out how much she knows by like asking kind of leading questions. And so he he starts by asking like, oh, I heard you were at Pemberley. How was that? Elizabeth's like, it was fucking sick. Actually, there was a maid there that we met that said she knew you. And Wickham's like, oh, no, no, (laughs) not good for me at all. And so this conversation kind of comes to an end. But Wickham also tries to be like, sly and mention the fact that he and Darcy quote crossed paths in London like Elizabeth just got this letter saying everything and you're gonna come in here and tell me that like you bumped into each other while you were there yeah it was so weird he came to my wedding with a shotgun it pointed at my back the entire time while I was saying my vows it was so super quirky really random thing for him to do but you know like that's that's Darcy you know he's kind of weird so Elizabeth has Wickham totally by the balls in this conversation but the chapter ends there. Just a lot going on with Darcy. I mean, we we know the stage is set here for the rest of the book. Oh, yeah. And so that gets us into chapter 11. Chapter 11, 53 for non-volume readers. Wickham and Lydia leave uh, Longbourn, you know, kind of like your goodbye forever. And Lydia has this like, she still just super sucks. And she has this really great comment where she's like, oh, I'm sure my sisters will write to me all the time. I won't be able to reply. I have, I'm, a, I'm a wife now. I'll be busy. They'll have nothing else better to do. And she's like, what? Why are you doing this? Lydia. Oh, God. <laughs> I just want str- to. Okay, done. <laughs> so so we get through that. Absolute uh-huh. just like headache of a paragraph. And yes. then 
we but we find out that Bingley is coming back to Netherfield, which is, you know, raises a couple eyebrows because we had heard frequently the entire previous fall that he was like never coming back to the Netherfield. Exactly. I'd like to think that everybody who isn't Elizabeth at this point is like, why would he do that? You know, what's so funny about it, too, is like, you know, we're going to get a lot of really hilarious mama bennett stuff in the coming chapters yes. and this is where it begins because she's just like oh oh he's coming back to the country oh, i thought he'd never return to this neighborhood oh i wouldn't I wonder what this could mean and like trying to act all aloof and stuff but meanwhile jane is still like super super torn up about it and stuff she tries to hide it but elizabeth's like i know how bad this is but so while they're trying to hide how like wounded they are and everyone's trying to act indifferent the fucker shows up to longbourn with darcy just like unannounced yes yeah, unannounced yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've been listening to any of this podcast, if you're going to go to someone's house, it's usually like three different correspondence between you and them being like, would you like to come to my house? I would like you to come to my house. Perfect. Please come at this time and whatever. Nope. These guys are like, fuck it. We're going. So he shows up with the Darster and it is fucking go time at the Bennett house. Mama just completely gets rid of any type of aloofness. He's like, oh, Mr. Bingley, how great of you to grace us with your presence. Look, you can't hate a golden retriever. No, it's impossible. No, you can't. And she's like embarrassed. Like she's just embarrassing one more time for the road, trying to like suck up to Bingley and still being like, oh, and Mr. Darcy, how nice of you to raise him with you. Yeah, she's not a fan of Darcy still. Yeah. And that will also lead to more comedy down the road. Elizabeth noticed that Darcy looks like super serious. Like, you know, maybe he just dropped 2,000 pounds trying to save her family's honor. Maybe he might be a little bit annoyed. And that's kind of what I read out of that. She's like, oh, he seems aloof. Is it because he doesn't like me? He's like, maybe the guy's just a little bit pissed off. <laughs> I don't know. So she basically makes this super uncomfortable, passive-aggressive comment towards Darcy, obviously not knowing the ultimate kindness he paid towards her. and But, you know, doing the typical niceties of, oh, we would love for you to join us to dinner sometime in the near future. Call upon us when you're ready. Like you said, correspondence, correspondence, yours, et cetera. So this little meeting, meeting, it's made pretty clear right off the bat that Jane and Bingley are still into each other. Oh, yeah. So like we know that going forward or we can at least assume it just based on, you know, like they the sparks are going right away. Like nothing's changed there. But the other thing that I found really interesting is the fact that like Elizabeth and Darcy know everything that's going on right now, like everything around this whole drama Elizabeth and Darcy are the only two people who know. And once again, they like can't say anything. So they can't just be like, all right, everybody. Um, so here's what happened. Bingley left town. He never wasn't interested in Jane. It was my fault. I like none of that's happening. Yes, but I repaid that by bailing out exactly. your youngest daughter's elopement and her absolute vagabond husband. And so it's real it's like this really uncomfortable moment where again, we're like looking at this all through the perspective of Elizabeth, and she's just like staring across the table at Darcy, like just stealing glances every once in a while. And both of them are just like, We have these enormous secrets that we can't just like blab on about that would just clear everything up. Yeah. We can't talk about it. So that gets us into chapter twelve after that invitation to come back for dinner. Okay, so the Bennets throw a rager here, and there's a bunch of people over at Longbourn. Bingley and Darcy both show up, and interestingly, Bingley sits next to Jane at the dinner table, Mm. which is like a big deal. (laughs) And they take a moment to recognize the fact that I wanted to see where Bingley would sit if he sits next to Jane. That's like a huge thing, which he does, and it's great. We know where this is going. Oh, yeah. Darcy, on the other hand, sits far away from Elizabeth at the table. However, right next to Mrs. Bennett, no good there. No. And Elizabeth is looking at their conversation. She can't hear them because you'd assume it's a long table, whatever, lots of people talking. But she can see them. And the problem is she can see this man that she is falling for. We're like, he's doing everything right. Like Darcy, back half of the book, second half is batting a thousand. Oh, dude's out here. And Elizabeth is like, Oh, I'm in trouble. However, Mama B's never liked this fucking guy. And so Elizabeth is staring at this conversation and is just like, it's cold at best between these two, which is important and gets really funny going forward. And it also enrages Elizabeth to see how kind of rude her mom is towards Darcy, given the fact that he just 
saved their family. Yeah, we are currently sitting in a big acidic vat of irony trying to watch this scene happen, knowing the the ultra sent from Christ himself kindness Darcy laid on the Bennett's for no other reason that he just loves one of their daughters. And Mama B is being the biggest passive aggressive B to him on Earth. Yeah. So after dinner, Elizabeth gets pissed because Darcy kind of reverts back to old Darcy in a sense. Where like Elizabeth just wants him to talk to her so bad. Where she's like, I am like fiending for some Darcy in my life, and he's not giving it to me. Cause like he's bouncing around. They get put at different card tables. They're looking across at each other like the whole time. And Elizabeth notes like neither of us won any money at cards that night because neither of us were worried about our cards. We're both just kind of like, what's going on over there? Unfortunately for Elizabeth, Darcy is still being Darcy. The night ends and Jane is trying to convince herself at this point that she's totally cool with her and Bingley just being friends, which another all time it's an all time classic breakup move where like i'm over them and we're going to be friends this is going to be great it's like yeah okay like we all see what's going on here you're not through with this like there's something there and everybody including you jane know that so stop lying to yourself you're super into this guy anyway the chapter pretty much comes to a close there but mrs bennett as opposed to opposed to Jane's way of thinking is like pretty convinced at this point that this marriage is going to happen. Full 180 from like 36 hours ago. Meanwhile, so Jane's doing her own brand of pretty, you know, not necessary, not necessary overthinking where she's like, oh, he sat next to me and talked to me the entire night and we totally had sparks flying. He must want to just be my friend and I'm okay with that. That's nonsense. Meanwhile, the overthinking on Elizabeth part is like a little bit more rational where she's like, why is Darcy kind of being aloof to me? All his behavior maybe thought that he had feelings for me, but then she kind of looks into those actions and she's like, oh, he actually just spent 2,000 pounds to save my family's honor. And also, I denied him when he proposed to me one time. Mm-hmm. Why would he propose to me again? Yeah. Like, he's Darcy. He already risked it all, literally it all, one time. And I said no, and I really threw it at you. She really threw it in his face, too. There's two. Yeah, that that's, I think, the best reason for Darcy being really shy at this point. I think the other one is just the fact that, like, we know who Darcy is at this point. He is not good at talking to people, usually. Yeah, not a... Like, he has moments throughout the book where he's, like, very cordial, and his countenance is great, and he leaves everybody with such alacrity, whatever. But for the most part, He's an awkward guy. He's a wallflower. Yeah. And again, this is also like his where he just doesn't really flourish too. like all the times that we've seen him be awesome. We're on the Darster's turf. OK, they were at Pemberley. They were at Rosings. These are like the, this is where we see him at his best. This is with him with the Bennett family confirmed not his favorite. He really he's, he also probably just had an entire dinner earful full of whatever like Mama B wanted to spit out. Tries to talk to the dad. The dad, <laughs> go, Daddy B. We love him on this pod. Again, can't say enough about the guy. But he's probably like, you like books, and Darcy's like, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was probably all the conversation was. So, yeah. but that gets us into chapter thirteen. Yep, for me, chapter thirteen or fifty-five. So Bingley comes back, but just by himself this time, and you right because Darcy's back in London on business for like a day or whatever. Yeah, sure. Probably has to, you know. <laughs> keep financially helping the Bennett. Is that what he's doing? <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, Bingley back. Uh, everyone loves it. And Mama B is like strategically like removing girls from the tea room. <laughs> yeah. Just picking them off one by one. Wonder why she's doing that. Try- and eventually it just becomes Jane and Bingley alone. Ooh, what's that going to mean? You do it one by one while they're alone. And it's pretty funny because then we think it's going to happen then. But then, you know, Bingley leaves and we're like, why is he leaving? And, uh, Mama B's like, oh, well, he's going shooting alone with your father the mm. next day. And they're like, oh, I wonder why he's doing that. Is he going to ask him something super important? Maybe permission to do something? Hope it's not just to shoot birds on our land. Yeah, exactly. So he comes back and, you know, they're by themselves. And by then, you know, Bingley and Jane 
and Elizabeth comes in and sees, and yeah, they're they're pretty pumped. He popped the question, folks. Fucking finally. Yeah. Like, dude, come on. <laughs> it's taken so long in this book to get to this point. And it's so much more rewarding having known like how fucked up this relationship got at one point. At no fault of either one of those people. Oh, but no. like now it's just like justice is served. Yes. Truly, truly justice is served. And, you know, we all know the details of how Darcy just completely railroaded this thing. But through a lot of his own actions, was finally able to make it happen. So now Bingley is just going to be part of the family. Mama B is so stoked. You know, Lydia who, what's a Wickham? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Wick, Wickham Gate is over, folks. Mama Bennett's like, uh, yeah, my daughter just marry is well, is going to marry this guy with 5,000 pounds a year. Wickham is getting 100 of our money <laughs> at best. It's like L- Lydia who? <laughs> Wickham what? Yeah, Fuck. what are those? Yeah. What, what are those strange sounds you're making? And again, she was so pumped to have a daughter just married and just so that you could end this elopement nightmare. And yeah, they've really gone from zero to heroes at the Longbourn house. Yeah. And it's, it's so sweet too, because there's this really nice conversation with Jane and Elizabeth at the end of this chapter, just about how happy Jane is. Mm-hmm. And it's great because so much of this book, so much of the middle chunk of this book has just been Jane trying to deal with this shit and being like really down on herself when Jane is like it's in her character to just be so bubbly and kind and like optimistic about things. And for her to be down about something like that, it's just like really painful for the reader and for Elizabeth. Uh, And so seeing her return to her former glory is incredible. Yep. We're, we're, we're truly back folks, truly back. Uh, But that gets us into the next chapter uh, 14 for me. What's going on here? is really, really insane. Probably my favorite chapter in the book. I'm not going to lie to you. It's great. So let's tag team this a little bit, Cody, yeah, because there's I, so much to do. I, there's a lot. So uh, let me kick it off by saying this. The gang, including Bingley at this point, because he's just been like embraced by this family and he's just hanging out at Longbourn all the time now. Why wouldn't you? But the whole gang is chilling. They're just having breakfast one morning. and. <laughs> Like, straight up, this carriage, Tokyo drifts into their driveway, and everybody's just like, what the fuck is that? But they're like, oh, shit, that's a really nice carriage outside. I wonder who that could have been. Me, as a reader, I'm like, oh, Darcy's coming in to, like, triumphantly do whatever he's going to do. Nope. Carriage opens. Up comes fucking Lady Catherine. And... She comes into the house. Bing and Bingley and Jane at this point are like, well, let's remove ourselves from this oh, they situation. Bail, dude. <laughs> like, they fucking bail. Like, let's go on a walk outside. Let's just avoid all of this. But Lady Catherine comes in from the fucking top rope and just starts basically telling Mrs. Bennett and Mr. Bennett how shitty their house is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is no way to live i don't know how you pores do this <laughs> and asks she yeah she goes into like the nicest part of the room which is like i guess like the sunroom and she's like this is acceptable it's she's like, like have you ever thought about how your parlor i think it is or whatever yeah. it is like have you ever noticed how this room makes no sense considering it's westward facing and in the summer if you wanted to sit out here you're just going to get blinded by the sun and Mrs. Bennett, with like a huge grin on her face, is like, oh, that's never been a problem for us. Because again, Mrs. Bennett is just, she's a lot like Lydia, blinded by whatever is actually going on mm-hmm. and totally tunnel visioned by just the pomp and circumstance of whoever's immediately in front of her, which is, in this case, an incredibly rude Lady Catherine. Yeah, she's like, your house is essentially where I keep livestock and she's like oh thank you yeah that is truly what she's saying and then she just randomly just goes you do look like you have some nice woods elizabeth would you like to show them to me yeah and elizabeth's like 
uh what yeah it was just like yeah god okay <laughs> and but then it, mama bennett's like she would love to show you the woods just you two even better get out there elizabeth really take her on a walk and elizabeth's like you do not know what you've just done to me exactly and so on this walk lady Catherine asks elizabeth just the most insane question she's like elizabeth i need you to tell me right now are you and my nephew Darcy, are you two engaged to be married? And Elizabeth is just like, what the fuck? She's like, what are you talking about? And Lady Catherine goes into how she heard a rumor that Darcy is has either already or is on the verge of asking Elizabeth to marry him. And she's here to squash that. So this is this is perfect because this shows you. This conversation, and I'm not going to do it justice because you'd have to read it like word for word if you were mm-hmm. going to, mm-hmm. but it is an incredible example of how fucking quick-witted, smart, and just incredible Elizabeth is. And she's just cool in the clutch and is not a pushover at all, despite the fact that Lady Catherine is like the most powerful person she knows, besides Darcy maybe. Yeah. like So it's incredible because Lady Catherine is like, after Elizabeth denies the fact that she or she is like, no, no, we're not engaged. Lady Catherine's like, OK, well, it's impossible for you to be engaged, considering the fact that Darcy and my daughter, that sickly looking thing that you met back at Rosings, they're engaged. Elizabeth retorts with like, OK, so you're telling me that it's impossible for me and Darcy to be engaged, yet you're here asking me whether or not we are so like what are you doing here yeah that was really the logic trap that elizabeth really puts her in the spin cycle and she just goes it is impossible because they've been bred since birth to be together and we're gonna finally join these like two wealthy houses it's gonna be perfect and you're not gonna mess it up and she goes okay right uh i'm not engaged to your nephew and I don't even know why you're here, because if it's really that impossible, you wouldn't be here in the first place. And she's just like, insolent girl. Yes. And at this point, now that Lady Catherine has gone in with the false premise, right? The false premise argument of like, Darcy's engaged to someone else. Not true. She starts hitting Elizabeth with like this ad hominem, like personal attack. And like, there's no chance that you and Darcy could ever be engaged. Because clearly your family sucks. You have no money, no connections. Like there's no way in hell that you would ever be engaged. To which Elizabeth is like, listen, if Darcy ever wanted to ask me to marry him, that's up to him. And you can fucking figure out how that affects your life. I don't really give a shit. Another one that she said, one of these attacks is she's like, you would be rejected by all of high society if you were to somehow marry Darcy. She's like, Yo, if I'm marrying Darcy of Pemberley and I move into Derbyshire I don't fucking need anyone I don't even need you he's richer than you exactly and she's just losing it because Elizabeth is just like parrying all of her attacks and one of the last things that Lady Catherine is like you know I'm really close to this guy Mr. Collins you may have heard of him before and our guy kind of let slip as we the reader already know about this really unfortunate situation with Lydia and Wickham. And at this point, Elizabeth's at like the end of her rope. And it's just like, I don't care about any of that stuff. Okay. If your nephew wanted to ask me to marry him, there's nothing you could do for me to say no. And so what Elizabeth does in this, in this section, she tells Lady Catherine that they're not engaged. But she in no way implies that if Darcy were to ask her, she would say no. She just doesn't say anything. In fact, she even goes even further to when Lady Catherine demands a hypothetical promise that if he was to propose, she would say no. She she goes, I'm not going to do anything close to that. She's like, no fucking chance. I'm not promising you dick. Yeah. And another thing about that is when she brings up the Wickham Lydia scenario, she goes, how embarrassing is it for your dad to be indebted to the gardeners for paying off those debts? And you're the reader and Elizabeth's like, Oh, she doesn't even know about that. She doesn't even know. She doesn't even know. So yeah, basically the the chapter ends when Elizabeth just goes, okay, uh, cool talk, Lady Catherine. 
I'm not going to do a single thing you asked me to say because I don't have to. And this is the first time that anyone has spoken to Lady Catherine like this, probably in her entire life. When's the last time that she ever said, got like, no thrown at her for anything, for literally anything? You know, the closest time I bet was the last time she and Elizabeth spoke at her dinner table. Oh, yeah. She was like, why the fuck didn't you have, uh, you know, a governess? And Elizabeth's like, dude. Because I fucking didn't. I don't know. Fuck out of here with that shit. Just deal with it, Lady Catherine. God. So Lady Catherine leaves very disappointed at the end of this conversation lady catherine leaves dangling a big l over yeah. her head yeah so bad and she's so i mean she's got the towel over her head she's sitting on the bench at this point she's leaving for the locker room early oh yeah to the point where like you know she's not even gonna go shake hands with the other team she's mm-hmm. like no i don't want to talk to your mom and your dad once we get back on this walk tell them i left to which elizabeth does she goes back inside after this walk and mrs bennett is just like oh my god lady catherine how nice of her to drop by and it's like lady you don't even fucking know what she just said about you no idea that gets us into chapter 15 uh go daddy b brings elizabeth into his studies like hey i got i got something to show you i kind of want something to talk about i got this letter from uh everyone's favorite person mr collins basically spreading the rumor that lady catherine implied of earlier and it says that you know are you going to get engaged to Darcy, my girl? Yeah. What the fuck is this? And what's hilarious about this is, is Goat Daddy B is basically laughing through the entire thing. He's like, Elizabeth, you're not going to fucking believe this. <laughs> Mr. Collins thinks you're going to get engaged and you're not going to believe who he thinks you're going to get engaged to. The guy that you told me you hate more than anything in this world. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, he's doing stuff like, oh, congrats on getting married to the Darster. Didn't know that was going to be in the stars. And she's just like, fuck. Also, Mr. Collins makes a super bad comedy. He's like, oh, I heard about Lydia. I heard they resolved that. That's great. Uh, You should never let her into your home again. Yeah. And Baba B's like, I'm not going to do that. Mr. Collins can go fuck himself, dude. Yes, he absolutely should do that. But we also learned through this letter that he learns this this kind of weird rumor from this from the Lucas family gossip train. So apparently word had gotten down to Charlotte somehow. Charlotte tells Mr. Collins, Mr. Collins tells Lady Catherine. But yeah, he adds also, like you said, he adds that it would be a terrible match considering Lydia's behavior. And one of my favorite things is he throws in like that it isn't Christian for Mr. Bennett to have let Lydia and Wickham into their home after their marriage. And Elizabeth is like a great response, or it might've been Mr. Bennett. I'd have to check on this, but like one of them is like, I don't know what his idea of like Christian reconciliation or Christian forgiveness is like, what the fuck? So that was really funny to me too. Yeah. He's basically the world's biggest Josh. Super, super love to hate that guy. But long story short, we get kind of two different, two different really important things in this. One, it's reestablished the fact, besides all the other evidence, that like the entire Bennett family is still under the assumption that Elizabeth doesn't like this guy. Yeah. And that nobody else should. So that's still floating around. The other side of this is that Elizabeth is all of a sudden like, is there any truth to this rumor? Like, how would this have started? And is it possible that Darcy still likes me? So that's really important, but that pretty much ends chapter 15, rockets us right into 16. So Elizabeth's wondering if her spat with Lady Catherine is going to keep Darcy from coming back to Longbourn, but almost like clockwork, the boys are back in town. Of course they are. (laughs) Like Darcy just has the best timing. (laughs) He just like shows up in the most unexpected times of like, when you think he won't and he and Bingley come back to Longbourn and everybody decides, okay, we need to go on a walk at this point. Mama Bennett is kind of feeling bad for Elizabeth that Darcy comes back all the time yeah. and that he has to spend so much time with Elizabeth. She's like, I feel so bad for you that you have to spend so much time with this like grumpy guy. So I'm going to send out with a with Jane and Bingley on this walk. I'm going to send out, kitty and you to both kind of like double team darcy so like it's not as bad which elizabeth's like fuck that you have ruined me mama v (laughs) to help me yeah so they come back and 
basically the walking politics have begun again, where who's walking with who at what speed for what purpose, essentially Jane and Bingley kind of lag behind. Kitty is just so like over it, afraid of Darcy, first yeah, of all. And yeah. then also like now she's like, I'm just going to go back with Bingley, who is a golden retriever and who is easier to talk to than this tall wallflower. Yeah, no, Kitty, Kitty's like, I'm going to go. Let's go stop by the Lucases so I can get someone that I like to hang out with. Yeah, I need like, Maria. Let me to go hang grab out Maria real quick. But while he does that, uh, Elizabeth, you know, quietly is just like, hey, Darster, thanks for bailing out the Bennetts. It means the world to me, as it obviously should. And he goes, you know, you know, I didn't do it for your family, right? I did it for you. Yes. Like, you know, like about, you know, my feelings towards your family. They're growing on me. But, you know, I'm not just giving around thousands of pounds to the Bennett's because I like your dad talking about books. He kind of lays it all out in a very Darcy way where at first it's very guarded where he's like, look, I, I did this. F- you, you have to know that I did all of this for you, which to everybody that's reading this, you know, like, okay, you know what that means. But for a character in this book, it needs to look to be a little bit more explicit. So it goes on to basically say like, look, my feelings for you have not changed since I failed in my proposal last time. So tell me right now if there's any chance of us getting together because if there's not, I won't bother you again. I'll, I'll go away, but tell me right now if there's any chance of this happening. And Elizabeth's like, yeah, I'm going to straight up make you the happiest man on earth right now. Oh yeah. Let's do this. And fucking finally, Elizabeth and Darcy also enter this, much quieter engagement at the time. Yeah. It's not like Jane and Bingley where like everybody's psyched on this walk. They're like, yeah, let's do this. Like, let's get married and shit. (laughs) But they kind of like keep it to themselves for, for the time being. Well, it's also that like, you know, Darcy, he's a really reserved guy and he obviously takes pride in that, but he's like, this is the most emotion that Elizabeth's ever seen him do where he's just like beaming from ear to ear. And like, you know, he's not a fist bump guy, but he just is a quiet little, like the one millimeter fist bump at your head. Yes. Yeah, and crushed it. Darster wins again. It, I'm. It's. It was such a long journey to get here. Where like, there's so many things that needed to go right to correct the wrongs from like the first third and you know first half of this book. That the fact that everything is finally made right is just so rewarding as a reader that you couldn't be happier for these two characters. Yeah, and after they accept, you know, like you said, it's quieter, but in their kind of quiet state by themselves still walking, they kind of just like relay their affections for each other. And like Elizabeth kind of lays out, you know, when did my feelings change? She just goes, oh, it was after the letter. And then obviously all these like miraculous deeds you've done, they've shown, and like meeting your housekeeper. And, you know, basically I was so wrong about you, everything that I've known now. I, I'm just like so mad at myself for potentially hurting you. And then he's like, I totally understand. And to be honest, you know, I was kind of a dick at the nether yeah. field the first time. Like I'd get why someone would, and like what I said about you that you heard, that's like. Look, this conversation sounds like two people who had broken up that are now getting back together. Yeah. Where it's like, I was total dick i'm so sorry for all that shit and the other person's like no 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 no. i was a dick like yeah don't worry about it. Like, <laughs> that's exactly what it's like that's what it's like these two people had already split and now they're coming back together but shout out to darcy for just doing all these like super intense good guy moves mm-hmm. out of the bottom of his heart not knowing if she even liked him and quite frankly leading the fact that she might just think he's a fucking dick and only realizing that there might be hope when his aunt comes in and says, I heard an awful rumor about you and that Bennett girl. She wouldn't even promise not to say no. Yeah. If you came and proposed to her, can you believe how insane that is? And he's like, insane, you say. <laughs> yeah. Fucking skirt <laughs> later. Exactly. Sounds like blue skies to Darcy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They also discuss L's her- all around for Lady Catherine. She's like, she's like, she's like oh, I got, well, I got finished over at the Bennett house. I'm not going to, he's not going to say no to me. And he's like, Oh, she didn't say no. That means she might say yes later. Ho. Yeah. Lady Catherine got the road L and then came home for a quick, like home spell and got the home L hard. It's, oh yeah. She's uh, not, not doing so hot right now. They also talk uh real quick. They also talk about this 
situation with Bingley and Jane a little bit. And we find out that Darcy did, in fact, tell Bingley everything that we as the reader know about him keeping like that relationship from never, you know, flourishing. Uh, So like that's been cleared up. And they eventually like through all of this conversation, just kind of giving each other shit and like, it's really great. It's really sweet. But they eventually make their way back to the house for dinner. And that is the end of chapter 16. Yeah, it's really cute, too, because he's like, hey, I, I like just like because obviously I wanted what's best for Jane. I realized the error of my ways, misjudging what was her trying to hide her feelings for, you know, indifference. I told Bingley and, you know, Bingley, he's a feeler. You know, he was pretty hurt. He was pretty wounded that I did this. But he we were good friends and he knew that what I was doing was from a good place. He immediately forgave me because then he was like. Looks like you and I are going to Longhorn, bro. (laughs) I'm not waiting anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like, okay, dude. uh, Thanks for the info. We have business to take care of. That's pretty fucked up. I'm not happy you did it, but I'm glad you told me. Pack your bags. It's road trip time. (laughs) Yeah. Netherfield is sounding real great. (laughs) Let's go stay there real close to the love of my life, Jane. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you're right. That's kind of where it ends. Chapter 59 for me, chapter 17, 17 for, me. for yep. you guys. Basically, they come back and after dinner, Elizabeth gives Jane the lowdown about the nut stuff that happened. And Jane's just like, I thought you fucking hated this guy. And she's <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, no, I love this motherfucker. One of my favorite lines in this book is <laughs> when Jane's like, OK, so but when like what happened here? And Elizabeth gives this hilarious response where she's like, you know, ever since I saw Pemberley for the first time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a funny line. And Jane's like, okay, dude, stop bullshitting me. (laughs) Like, what's the deal? And Elizabeth tells Jane what we've been reading the entire book. It's like, look, this didn't happen overnight. This is months long in the making where all of the prejudice I had for this very proud guy are i know basically it all just kind of evaporated when i actually got to know his character and you know saw him with the gardeners and got to speak to them a little bit myself met his sister heard about all the bonkers things he did to save our family and yeah now she's madly in love yeah that's how it rolls all right so the next morning mama bennett makes you know just one more truly unfortunate crack about you know why is this awful mr darcy always with our dear sweet bingley oh no why can't we why can't we just get bingley why do we have to get darcy too because you know they call upon them and oh it's really just not great it's like god damn it (laughs) uh they go on a walk he's like i'm gonna ask your father for his consent um when we get back uh he does this and and it's like darcy and mr bennett in like the library together and darcy leaves and kind of like looks at elizabeth and is like mm-hmm, you know what i think i think we're going well i think we're, yep. think we're doing well and uh <laughs> goat daddy b is like elizabeth can i talk to you for a second <laughs> yeah yeah uh what the fuck is going on why yes. did mr darcy just say that you two are planned on being engaged and she's like he's like he's like elizabeth we were joking about this the other day but i genuinely thought you hated this motherfucker Mm -hmm. and she's like no dad she's like welling up with tears she's like i love him so much and he's like why (laughs) he's like he's you you feel bad for bennett because like like you said everyone in this house is like convinced that she hates this darcy dude and now it's like they're gonna get married what the fuck and and elizabeth has convinced everyone in town much less her family that darcy sucks because of this wickham stuff like they spread this rumor out right yeah so he she goes on to be like okay this is how i saw him you know you you go to pemberley ching uh you know um he's super nice to the gardeners and uh oh yeah he also completely bailed out lydia yeah and go teddy b is just like oh fuck no way and they're like yep he paid for everything cleared wickham's debts bought him his commission and shipped him off to newcastle that's he basically like saved our honor go teddy b obviously is pretty pumped at that uh and he's like you well you know what if you really love her love him 
And obviously he's a good guy because of what he's done. I can't thank him enough. This is the least I can do is like grant his wish to marry my daughter and all this stuff. And he has this great line when Elizabeth leaves. He goes, and if there are any other men for Mary or Kitty around, you can send them into. I'm really at my leisure right now. Yeah. He says, I'm in a mood to send off my daughter to people. So because your boy kind of has it made now. And real quick, I I just love that Go Daddy Bees is... is seriously concerned about elizabeth's well-being like and not financial because he knows for a fact that darcy's wealthy beyond anything that they've ever known his concern is like elizabeth is that going to be enough for you because i know you and i just want something that's going to make you happy it's just like this beautiful exchange where it's like look i i'm not i'm not worried that this guy can take care of you he clearly can, but like, are you going to be happy about yeah. this? And you know, he also respects his daughter's like intelligence enough that when she like starts welling up and like does all this stuff, he's like, okay, I believe you. Like, I'm Absolutely. not going to stand in your way. And the chapter ends with him having like the most hilarious crack at Wickham. Yeah. When he goes, I admire all three of my son-in-laws very highly. Wickham perhaps is my favorite, but I think maybe your husband, I could like quite as well as Jane's. <laughs> yeah just so funny really i read that the same way as you did i think where it's just like really subtle sarcasm but like word for word it sounds like you say oh it is dry because you read it first i was like wait what am i oh go daddy b is just cracking jokes right now also in the this chapter hilariously it's also up to elizabeth it, it doesn't fall on darcy in this case but it's up to elizabeth to make sure that this whole proposal passes through mrs bennett's ears i totally forgot this one yeah so and this is why it's so funny because we've been hearing for a few chapters now about how much mama b hates darcy and like doesn't want him around the house everything elizabeth goes into her room is like mom gotta talk to you about something and elizabeth also is so worried about asking her mom because she's like i don't know what would be worse my mom's emotion either positive or negative if it's positive we get typical mama b where she's just like ludicrous and embarrassing elizabeth all over the place if it's negative obviously not good we don't love that but she goes into this room with her mom and is like mom i know you hate darcy we're gonna get married what do you think go daddy we already approved it he knows he's on board yes and mama bennett's like without question fuck yes dude <laughs> it's so absolutely funny. she like almost strokes out like when she hears it she has to like sit down and is like stunned to silence like mama be stunned to silence that's how you know this news and he's, he's just like me like oh you're gonna have so much money <laughs> yeah it's like ten thousand pounds a year that's fucking crazy oh my god couldn't be happier for you this is incredible three daughters married holy shit this is awesome and so oh, yeah. mama b signs off if you would have told mama b about this scenario like days after jane gets engaged to bingley pre wickham gate she would have like legitimately started like pinching herself to wake up because this is like a fever dream this chapter ends to with the following day both darcy and bennett uh or darcy and bingley sorry they come back to the house and you can tell already that both parents are starting to warm up to darcy a little bit so that's important. Yeah, Mama B sees those dollar signs and it's like, hello, Mr. Darcy. Yeah. So nice of you to grace us. So we love that. But that gets us into chapter 18. Basically, Elizabeth is talking with Darcy and, you know, it's kind of cute. They're talking about what was the first time you knew he loved her. It's pretty cute stuff. Then they decide that it's time to start telling people. So they start writing all these letters to send out to people. Go Daddy B. And I need to read this since the all time greatest fuck you <laughs> yeah. to Wickham or not to Wickham, to Mr. Collins. The first thing that needs to happen is that like before this, Elizabeth sends a letter to the gardeners to basically be like, I never returned your initial correspondence when you explained what Darcy did to family. Here's some great news, what you were alluding to the whole time. Oh, I wonder why I do this for his family. Yeah, you know, here's exactly why we're getting married. Oh, and by the way, everything you kind of thought about me and Darcy, totally right. Oh, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, Mr. Bennett replies to Mr. Collins' super awful letter where he goes, Dear Sir, I must trouble you once more for congratulations. Elizabeth will soon be the wife of Mr. Darcy. Console Lady Catherine as well as you can. But if I were you, I would stand by my nephew. He has more to give. 
Sincerely yours. But pick a side, bitch. Like, <laughs> this is what this letter is. He's essentially being like, Mr. Collins, you've been ranting and raving about Lady Catherine at every opportunity. And makes sense, kind of. Like, you're connected to her, whatever. You know, tout your shit. But here's the deal. Now you have a family member married to Darcy, the Darster. Like, time to figure out where your alliances really lie. Yeah, he's kind of like, look, who do you think is going to get this money if that sickly daughter doesn't marry someone? Right. Going to be the Darster. Right. What are we yeah, doing? I mean, you'd have to assume. Anyway, so Caroline uh, writes uh, Bingley and Jane a congratulations letter, which is just so funny. You know, hoes mad. Yeah, she's not happy. Big time mad, big time, super, super hilarious. We love it. Georgiana, on the flippity flip, writes a super long letter to Elizabeth and her brother, like four pages, double sided, like can't express enough how happy she is. So, like, you know, we like Georgiana. She's awesome. That's really cute. The the uh, the other letter, <laughs> the other letter. First, OK, first of all, this chapter is like we have two weddings here. Letters have to be written like everybody's just sitting down plowing through paper but my favorite is darcy writes a letter to lady catherine and is like your scheme didn't work it actually worked in the opposite effect that you wanted it to marrying elizabeth and mr collins and charlotte after getting this letter from goat daddy b come to longbourn or uh, go to the lucas's house excuse me basically to escape this tirade that Lady Catherine is having at Rosings where she's like exploding in fury right now. Lady Catherine is having the meltdown of the century at Rosings and the blast radius has literally banished the Collinses from her like present. That's, that's really saying something. Yeah, so the Collinses come to escape Lady Catherine's wrath. Her biggest concern for his affection, you know, was her family and stuff. But now it's clear that, you know, Darcy's really warming up to the family. He's spending like every day at Longbourn, you know, Bingley style. They just roll in every morning, spend all day together, leaves in the evening after supper and coffee and games and everything like that. It's just. And it's great, too, because at the end of this chapter, (laughs) there's kind of a note where like Elizabeth spending a lot of her time trying to like shield darcy from all these annoying ass people like mr collins is there and we already know darcy doesn't fuck with this guy like no not at all like and so elizabeth like goes to great pains to like keep them apart and like try to keep darcy from like having to deal with all this shit and the chapter ends with elizabeth basically being like god i can't wait to get to pemberley and get away from all these oh it's gonna be so so we gotta get the gotta get the pemberley baby that's it that's where that's where the gold is gonna be the mistress of pemberley he's gonna rule so hard one other thing i want to mention and you and you talked about this right at the beginning of this chapter elizabeth and darcy like you said are kind of you know talking back and forth with each other about like how they fell in love one of the things is Elizabeth is teasing darcy this whole time much like she did in earlier chapters in various drawing rooms but she's like, it's crazy how I fell in love with someone without like a single redeemable quality. <laughs> so she's like giving Darcy shit for like being like this recluse kind of like wallflower, like you're saying. And, and Elizabeth's kind of like, you know, it's it's good that you came to me because nobody like everybody tells me that I'm kind of similar. Like I just speak my mind, whatever. And Darcy basically says to her at that point, where he's like, look. That's exactly why I fell in love with you. I fell in love with you for, and I believe this is like a direct quote, like he he fell in love with her for her mind. Yeah. Where, you know, so much, so much else about what's going on at this time is like matches are made. Like look at Charlotte Lucas and Mr. Collins. These matches are made to further your family's money or make a, like, the best connection or, in, I mean, even in the case of Jane and Bingley, it's like kind of infatuous and stuff like that. This is such a unique pair because they had enough time and enough kind of like trial and tribulation to fall in love with each other based on like real personality shit. Yep. It was a slow burn. The only slow burn that you really get in a situation like this. So I loved that. Yeah. But that gets us into the last chapter. That's right, book. folks. This is a this is one of your classic all's well that ends well chapters. We basically get the lowdown on what everyone's doing. Mama B, you know, she's she's done it, folks. 
So she, she truly did it. Mama Bennett ha- is psyched because she has just pulled off the most improbable marriage heist of all time. At the beginning of the book, it starts with Papa Bennett and Mama Bennett basically scheming to be like, we got to get rid of these five fucking daughters. How are we going to do it? Mm-hmm. And Mama Bennett is out here like, I did it, folks. Yeah. It was all me. Meanwhile, it was actually like Elizabeth and Darcy just cloak and dagger in the night, pulling moves, doing all this shit. But you got to remember, at one point, uh, a Lucas girl was getting married and Lydia was like gone forever with a vagabond. So like it was <laughs> not under her control at any point in the story. But she's living high on the hog. She did it, folks. And you're right. It was like like the heist is complete. She's like pulled off the one last job and she's on the beach. Papa Bennett has this funny line where he loves to visit Elizabeth at Pemberley, but like totally unannounced at like random times. As, show yeah, up. if you remember, like like they said before, Go Daddy B is like a terrible correspondent. So it makes total sense that he just like rolls into Pemberley and is like, hey, I'm staying for a couple of weeks. And they're like, oh, cool. All right. But yeah, that, that also mentions that Goat Daddy B really misses Elizabeth. Oh, which is oh. warms my heart. It really does. Uh, but Bingley and uh, Jane get a house 30 miles from uh, the Derbyshire in Pemberley. It's like the county just next door. So that's actually a huge for Elizabeth. Like she's just 30 miles from Jane. That's a day trip. You can do that easy. Kitty, um, you know, through her sisters, uh, gets exposed to a bunch of high society. And, you know, she's going to be fine. We're not worried about Kitty. She'll be great. Yeah. Th- so the the high society really improves Kitty. And it also really helps that Lydia isn't around anymore. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> completely. Because she was uh, on a path to just, like, becoming another Lydia. And it's not that, yeah, and it's not that she's, like, exposed her anymore. Papa B is like, you don't get to hang out with Lydia. Yeah, right. Not without one of your older sisters there to like you shall be the bumpers on this fucking <laughs> off off the rails train. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of Lydia, she sends arguably the worst letter we've received in this fucking book so far. Her letter uh, is and I will read it exactly. My dear Lizzie, I wish you joy. If you love D- Mr. Darcy half as well as I do, my dear Wickham, you must be very happy. It is a great comfort to have you so rich. And when you have nothing else to do, I hope you will think of us. I am sure Wickham would like a place at court very much. And I do not think we shall have quite money enough to live upon without some help. Any place would do of about three or four hundred a year. But whatever you but however, do not speak to Mr. Darcy about it if you would rather not yours. Yeah. So surprise, surprise, folks. Lydia in Wickham's marriage doesn't go well. No, it's fucking awful. So it's no surprise to us that, first of all, Lydia and Wickham's love has gone to absolutely nothing. So Wickham's obviously fell off real quick. Lydia's was a little bit more of a slow burn, but it's dead also at this point. Not to mention the fact that Wickham hasn't stopped gambling this entire time. So we get all of this news about how Lydia and Wickham are just like getting up and moving from town to town avoiding his gambling debt it's like okay the most predictable shit ever everybody knew that this marriage wasn't going to work and lydia as you just read has the audacity to be like okay elizabeth uh help a sister out like we're falling on some tough times like heard you marrying the darster he's got some change yeah would he ever think about giving us money oh yeah i wonder if he would ever think about that lydia come on yeah so that letter's pretty awful yeah, they super suck. Um, and they especially love to leech off of Bingley because, you know, they basically know that he's a golden retriever and can't say no. But like even they push Bingley to the limit where Bingley's like, I got to get these fucking people out of my house. This right. sucks so bad. To uh, to round out the Bennets, uh, they do mention that Mary, well, like what Mary's up to. We don't really get a ton of Mary in this book, but she's pumped that uh, for once in her life, she can just like study and play piano without anybody bothering her. Yeah. And she's psyched that people are like walking around all the time telling her how much prettier her sisters are than her. She's like, can you people just fucking leave me alone? Like, she's <laughs> yeah. like, I don't want like, I like, like, like Kitty's like, oh, I'm going to go to uh, Shea Bingley. Oh, I'm going to go to Pemberley. I was going to have a lot of fun. She's like, finally, some peace and quiet. And like, you know, Mama B is just out here just like, also like living the life of like living on the high life and stuff. And she's just like, Oh yeah, me and me and go daddy beer is going to read some motherfucking books. Yeah. It's going to be so sick. We um, catch up. Uh, we also catch up with Caroline Bingley a little bit. 
And still, I'd like to pass this over to you because I know how much of a fan of Caroline. Caroline you are. is still big mad. <laughs> she has never been less mad. <laughs> yeah. Basically, all of so we talk about how all of Lady Catherine's like plans to like you know make this match never happen completely. Fun. The original person for this was Caroline, who sniffed this out right away. And all of her plans, which are basically like, I don't have any money or power to influence Darcy. I'm just going to be a huge bitch behind Elizabeth's <laughs> back. Plot twist, that didn't work at all. In fact, it just pointed out how much he liked her more. And now they're together forever. And Caroline completely lost. L's all around. Luckily for Caroline and Elizabeth, too. Caroline obviously is not happy, but it notes that they eventually learn to like live like amongst themselves like pretty, pretty civilly. So Caroline at least warms up to Elizabeth a little bit. Mm -hmm. Georgiana and Elizabeth love each other to death. Oh, as you could have foreseen. I mean, match made in heaven, like between between Darcy, just amping Elizabeth up and then her hitting that level of like, like meeting those expectations. There's no reason that uh, Georgiana, Darcy and Elizabeth aren't just like, totally totally like each oh yeah other. they're gals it's all set um speaking of big mad lady catherine yes so this after lady catherine burns down rosie <laughs> 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 not actually but i like to imagine lady catherine oh you know she just started a kitchen fire right? just out of spite yeah just a big ass grease fire all of rosings burnt to the ground <laughs> After that cools down a little bit, she finally manages to Honestly, like, she probably just burned down the Collins' house. She's out of spite. <laughs> like, oh, you're going to run away from me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, can we stay with you guys, Lucas's, for a little bit? But after that kind of cools down, she is also able, much like Caroline Bingley, to kind of, okay, I'm going to get over this to some extent. And, you know, as it says in the book all the time, condescend on these people. Well, also, yeah, apparently she was so rude in her response letter to Darcy that Darcy like was like vowed to never speak to her again. And it was up to Elizabeth to intercede. So, you know, right. Elizabeth was really the bigger person was like, yo, this lady was the ultimate bitch to me. But I'm going to put this aside because like, hey, that's your aunt. You can't just do this. Which is why Darcy married her in the first place. Yep, that's why. And the chapter ends with um, about how Elizabeth keeps up great regular correspondence with the gardeners or pals with darcy it's great yep and they're really pals with darcy because like when darcy so when the gardeners went to london to intercede and like find lydia and stop wickham gate when they ran to darcy there them and darcy just hit it off like i mean they hit it off originally like at pemberley when they're up there like oh yeah come fishing with me all this other shit Yeah. yeah like he's like 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 Mr. Darcy, like apparently spent like a couple nights over for dinner at their place and was like, yeah. you know, gassing up um, Mr. Gardner's like industry. He's like, hey, you're pretty smart. You obviously did well for yourself. That's pretty cool. The book ends for me, like Elizabeth never forgetting that the reason they're together is because the gardeners were able to like push him and said, hey, let's go to Pemberley. None of this would have happened. None of it would have happened if that trip to the lakes hadn't been cut short and they didn't find themselves at Pemberley to begin with. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I don't know about you, but. When I finished this book, I was in such a good mood. Oh, yeah. At the end of this that, like, I couldn't go to bed. Like, I started this. I think I finished off this book at, like, midnight a few nights ago. And I was just, like, almost, like, riding this high where I was, like, oh, my God. Everything came together the way you wanted it to. I just like, I can't go to bed right now because I just want to like soak this in, live in this right now. Yeah, it wasn't like the ending to Lord of the Rings where it feels like my heart's been like hollowed out by a spoon. And it wasn't like the end of The Dog of the South where it feels like my heart just like completely dropped out of my stomach. That last paragraph we Mm -hmm. talk about is just so crazy. This was just like the slow like candle, like reaching to the very bottom of the candlestick and just like quietly just like puffs out, but like leaves like the warm wax and stuff. That's just what it felt like to me. Beautiful metaphor. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's what I wanted to talk about at the beginning of this podcast. Every book that we've read so far, you come to an end and it's, it's bittersweet. More, I mean, it, this one was bittersweet for me because I'm like, I just want to live in the story a little bit longer. I, like, I don't want this to be over. But the other books were bittersweet in the sense that like Lord of the Rings, Frodo goes away, Bilbo goes away, Gandalf goes away, and we're left with Sam alone. 
you know, a lone inhabitant. He's starting his own life, which is good, and everything is safe and well in Middle Earth at the time. But like, it felt like something was missing. It has like had a weight to it, yeah, that you weren't really sure how to deal with. Like you said with Dog of the South, <laughs> fucking our guy's life just was like shattered at the end of it kind of it was those two were actually more similar than this one because at the end of lord of the rings you know sam spends all of his time um during like the the quest for um to deliver the ring with frodo and then he has to start his life without him that piece is missing Mm. and dog of the south is this guy going down to mexico to find his wife norma and at the very end he successfully completes his mission and brings her home and then norma leaves it's like yeah it's like so so it's this ending where these guys lives begin again and they live. And this is the first book we've read where people's lives collide and and now their lives get to begin together. Right. And the, the only difference that I see in this, yeah, it's, it's exactly what you just said, is that they're not, there's no missing pieces. So this new life, it includes everybody that you loved from the story. I don't know. It's, it's beautiful in that way. And it's exactly what you'd want from like a rom-com from, which is exactly what this book is, by the way. It's just the original rom-com. It's the, it's the skeleton rom-com. Right. So I thoroughly enjoyed this book. I hope you did. Oh, I did. Yeah. So much fun. This book really escalated in a way which I thought was like really fun and exponential. Mm-hmm. Like the first part of this book is such a slow burn. And they just set the stage so perfectly. Then the second volume, you're just like, okay things are getting kind of weird and maybe these connections are being made. Probably not. The third volume was just like, we are here. Accent, action, action, action. And then as soon as it all ends, it just feels like a perfect, like they just coast. It just glides. It's so easy. And it's a credit to Jane Austen for just putting so much detail in those like little interactions and these little condescensions and these like who's looking at who. And it just perfectly explains everyone's decisions going. She landed this plane perfectly oh yeah you know and credit to her because the flight plan that she decided to put us on was through very turbulent weather oh yeah so she took us out of a fucking storm cloud she sullied us and just yeah just put us down nice and easy perfectly we're home now yeah it's great and i thought it all made sense too where you're you don't there's no part in this book where you're like oh bingley and jane are getting married like, does that really make sense to me as a reader? Of course it does. Like, there's plenty of context for why that should happen. Even more so with Darcy and Elizabeth, where it's just like, okay, yeah, that's great. The the surprises are intentional and still make sense. Like, she didn't take shortcuts with anything. I just felt like it was, it's perfect. And it's, I mean, it's famous as it should be. Mm-hmm. So next time... Our next episode, we are going to watch the movie. Oh, yeah. And we'll give a reaction on the movie. Hopefully do a little bit of uh, comparison between that and the book. And from there, we're going to keep it a secret what we're doing next. A little surprise for you guys. A little treat. But stay tuned uh, because Bibliotheques is coming back at you with more. Thank you so much, so, so, so much for listening to the Pride and Prejudice episodes. Please keep listening. We really appreciate everybody out there. This has been Bibliotapes. 500 thanks for all 500 of you, truly. It's so (laughs) awesome. We'll see you guys later. 